When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Spirit Leadership, episode number 46. Today I have Mr. Mark Alone with me. Mark, thanks for joining us. And I think we're going to talk about a very, very uh, unique... I can't even get this music to work correctly, so that's going to sound terrible. Sorry, guys. Um, I love technology. Actually, I hate it. Uh, we're going to talk about a few different subjects today uh, with some, I think, nuances of leadership that you really can't explain unless you've been there and you've experienced it. Um, so, Mark, real quick, introduce yourself to everybody. We'll get rocking and rolling. And uh, hey, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, Mark Alone. Uh, currently work for the city of West Columbia in the Midlands of South Carolina. Been a battalion chief there uh, right at about a year now, I think. Uh, prior to that, I worked for Columbia County, Georgia. It's been about 12 years there. That's where I got my start career. Um, made it up to lieutenant before I, I took my lateral up to where I work now. And uh, prior to that, I, I grew up in the fire service, started at 17, uh, upstate New York, my hometown, uh, town North Greenbush, volunteer for both the Freezeville and Wine and Skill for anybody familiar with that area. Took a little four-year stint to go serve in the Air Force. Uh, got transplanted down here in the South and haven't convinced my wife to move back to snow yet. So so here we are. Um, <laughs> and I guess uh, probably better known for my work uh, running the blog called The Fire Inside. That's kind of how I got into to podcasts and teaching and stuff. So it's, it's been a pretty cool journey, man. I'm very fortunate and uh, very fortunate to, to do stuff like this. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, see, The Fire Inside, is a you said, is a blog and podcast? So it's just a blog. Um, it's gotcha. it's like a Facebook page. Uh, I do some longer blogs on the website. Um, we we kind of had a, a podcast webcast going called Unlock Your Culture, but uh, the other hosts, uh, Sean Duffy, John Haywick, and Pablo Jenner, we all life kind of happened to us, and you you know how it is doing a podcast. It's really hard to to schedule two people at the same time. So try yeah. four and a guest. So uh, yeah, m- maybe a reboot this year, maybe not. Um, but there's some episodes out there that are that are pretty good archived. If anybody wants to go listen to that. No, I got you. Um, you know, it's actually kind of funny because the there's a podcast I was on, uh, Primary Complete Podcast. It's two guys. They're from down your way. And um, three people trying to get a schedule together. It's awful. It's tough. It's tough. And, you know, with me, you know, I haven't, I haven't had more than a couple people on. I've never had more than one guest at a time. And one-on-one is tough one with three or three or four, whatever, it's probably absolutely outrageous. I, I, my hat's off to you if that's how you kind of did <laughs> things and if you're planning on going back to doing things. Because I'm going to tell you, man, this, I don't know how you do it. So, but leadership, 
Um, you lateraled to another department. I did. Yep. So uh, you were a lieutenant. I'm sorry. I, I must have missed this part. Or I didn't get the, the name of the department. But so you lateraled from one department as a lieutenant. You left to go to another department. And you went in as a battalion chief? No. So I started, um, I started with Columbia County as a firefighter. Uh, like I said, 12 years there. Uh, promoted to lieutenant. I lateraled to West Columbia as a captain. Uh, and that was 2019, okay. I think. So I've been there about four years. And then last year I was, I was promoted to battalion chief. So you got hired as a, as a captain. Correct. What was that like going in? And, um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I know currency in the fire service in my, in where I work, we don't do that kind of, I mean, we'll take a lateral, like we'll hire somebody that's been through an IFSA accredited academy and you come in as an experienced person and you're kind of there, um, at the assistant chief, deputy chief fire chief level. I mean, I think it's just like anywhere Nash, most places nationally, um, they'll do national searches for candidates and then hire and all that. I think it's a little bit different at that executive level, but we don't do that as far as officers for officers. You have to come in, you have to do five years, you have to get promoted, follow the process and all that. Um, you know, going in as a cap, getting hired as a captain plopped in a firehouse. Now you're in charge of a couple of dudes that know you're brand new. They may have 10, 15 years in that department. And now you walk in day one, no experience, no currency of, hey, I've been here. I've been in your shoes. I've done your job. I don't want to say I, I hate this statement of I can do your job. I've done your job. But that holds weight because there may be a department that I may be familiar with where you can be an officer and never put a fire out. And people know that. <laughs> And people may not be very swayable in their opinions of you because of that, because you're coming in with no experience, no, no background. What's that? Sorry for that to be a little long winded, but what's the, what was that like? Cause that's, but you know, all kidding aside, I, I think that may not be the situation where I work, but your situation, exactly what you did is very common. Very yeah, it is. Um, I'll say this, man. Like it was not what I thought it would be. Like all the things that I worried about, probably I didn't need to. And, and then the things I kind of took for granted or the, you know, the blind spots I didn't know I had were probably the bigger challenges. So, um, you know, just a little history, you know, West Columbia had 25, 30, 35 year guys, you know, they all came on about the same time. And so as those guys all kind of retired out at the same time, there wasn't really a big succession plan in place because this was, you know, I'm talking about from firefighter up to, you know, the officer level, they all had the same time in service. So it's really hard to replace, you know, those positions internally when you, the guys you have have only got two and three years on. And so that's, that's kind of how the lateral thing came about up there. You know, the historical lesson, I guess I've got about it. Um, so, so going into it, it's not really like you are stepping on anybody's toes. It's not like you had some guy with 15, 20 years and here comes Mark, you know, taking the position that he's been trying to get for his whole career. It wasn't really like that. Um, I think as far as my transition, I was really fortunate. Um, you know, the battalion chief I had that I, I went to, uh, the other captain, the, the firefighters I had, the engineers I had, um, we all, you know, my battalion chief, we, we met up before I went up there. He had a little get together at his house. I was able to meet the guys outside the firehouse, you know, with our families together. And that was such a huge benefit to me because now I'm not coming in on day one and nobody has any clue what I am, who I am, you know, what I'm bringing. Like we got all that out, you know, over some target shooting in a, in a couple of beers. So that, that kind of helped a lot. 
Um, how big you know, is how big is West? Cl- I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. How how big is the department you went to? How many guys total? Yeah, so we're we're really small. We got one station. I think uh, when we're full, it's twenty four assigned to suppression over three shifts. Uh, so we run an engine, a ladder, and a battalion truck. And it was like, well, why do you have a battalion chief in one station? Well, we run as part of a automatic aid system throughout Lexington County. So we're we're running with aid. The battalion runs with aid. You know, we get two chiefs on every fire, and so operationally, when you when you work in it, it makes a, it makes a yeah, lot more sense lot. than on paper. Um, okay, so it's a very yeah, that's a very small department. Okay, yeah. I, keep keep going uh, you, with what you said about uh, the beer drinking, gun shooting, get to know kind of thing. Yeah, typical so, Southern get together, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Look, hey, so I don't want to go off on a tangent. Or I don't want to go. I don't want to get off get off topic, but you know, again, like we talked about before the recording, the relatability is everything, right? So you know, are you going to be able to pay your dues of building trust with? Um, one day of drinking some beer and shooting guns with guys that you're going to work with? No. But you can damage that if you get stupid drunk, talk out your ass, oh, yeah. all that crap, right? There's always, always that pendulum can swing both ways. The point that I'm getting at is, you know, you're, you're, you're on their level. You're on everyone's level. Everyone's equal. Everyone's there off duty, having a good time, drinking some beer, shooting targets or whatever you did. Um, but you, you're, you're kind of, I think when you look at it for the subordinate level, you know, if I had a captain, that's a brand new captain, I get to meet you outside of work and you know, you're just a normal dude. Now I walk in day one and you have your, you know, non-negotiable expectations and they're pretty, um, high standards. And I'm like, all right, you know, yeah, I can deal with that. Whereas if you walk in and you're flipping your collars day one, I never talked to you a minute before. Now you, you come in flexing. You know, I, I don't. I think that may not be as beneficial as it is the way you went about it. Hey, this is who I am. The informal kind of, you know, all that. Because I know where I work. If I were to transfer uh, to a new shift, you know, because I'm a station level officer, company level officer, I'm going to go in on my day off. If you know, if if I'm able, which I probably still. But anyway, I'm going to go in not my first day. Introduce myself, maybe bring them something to eat, like you know, some you know, a box of donuts and some coffee or whatever, or you know, whatever it is, Hey, this is who I am, blah, blah, blah. I just want to introduce myself, you know, in case I don't know anyone or I don't know the shift or whatever it is. Hey, looking forward to working with you guys. I'll see you guys next shift. You know, whatever. I think that could, I, I really, really think that goes a long way. No, I, 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 I really, agree. I really do. You know, that, you know, my battalion chief, you know, I, I can't thank him enough. Cause honestly, like, I don't know how the transition goes without him being proactive. I wouldn't think about that. Right. That's something I've thrown in the back I of my mind. Would either. I, yeah, I no. never would have thought about that, you know, yeah. and he's having a shift of guys to his house, you know. Um, but I think the other thing, too, man, is that, you know, it's really no different. If you worked in a in a huge department, you could easily, you know, not ladder, right? You could promote within your own organization and go to work at a firehouse with people you've never met in your life, in your career that you've never been on a fire with. So it, while it seems like a stretch from the outside looking in, it's really no different than, you know, I, I mean, I use New York city as an example, just cause it's huge. You know, I'm sure you could spend your whole career, you know, in Staten Island and, and make captain and, and get a bid to go to the Bronx. And I'm sure that's not the same street credit, you know, as you would get coming up in the Bronx. And I don't know if that's how it works there. It's just, you know, a metaphor. Uh, but, but I equate it to kind of the same thing. And, and so the rest of the transition comes in and that it, it's all about mentality. 
I went to West Columbia knowing that, you know, one, I had done their process. So it's not like they just found me on the side of the road and, you know, they said, Hey, yeah. come to work. You know, I yeah. went through a process. Uh, they had a couple internal guys and, and I knew, you know, you're, you're the outsider, right? These guys have been here. Things are going to be different. You know, we're, you're, you're being brought in to, to be a part of that bigger system. And obviously for the talents that you've exhibited, but I also knew that I, I didn't know a lot of things and, I think the things that I worried about were more, like you said, getting along with people and not pissing people off and uh, coming on too strong, not coming on too weak. And, but when you're surrounded with good people, when you're surrounded with firefighters, that stuff works itself out. The stuff that really got me is that I had no idea where we were going. I didn't know the building. I didn't know the aid partners. Uh, (laughs) I I didn't know how dispatch worked. I, I mean, all these things that you take for granted in your organization. And why is that a big deal? Well, because when we get a call for a fire, I don't know if I've got 30 seconds to get my crap together or a a five and a half minute ride across the the city to get my crap together. So those are the things that were tough for me. I mean, I'll I'll throw you out one that threw me for the biggest loop and it's, it's the silliest, most minute thing, but we, we talk on the radio backwards from what I was raised on. So it was always like, you know, uh, engine three dispatch, you know, I, my unit then dispatch for where I work now, it's county battalion four one, you, you know, you call the, the receiver is called first versus the sender. But that threw me for such a big loop because I had 12 years of talking a certain way on the radio. And now I'm the only one talking that way. Just yeah. like I, I remember we had a dispatcher. She ended up, uh, she ended up moving away somewhere, but I would always say received on the radio where they say copy. And it's the same message, but she would always give me crap like, oh, my God, okay, received. You know, it was just weird for them. So it's just little things like that. And you're like, well, what does that matter? Well, because for my first probably two years, I had to I really had to think before I keyed up the radio, like delayed, like, okay, Mark, say it in your brain first before you let it out, because not a bad thing either. Yeah. And and nobody would answer. So like I said, little things like that, you know, I didn't know the people. I didn't know the apparatus. You know, I don't know where the hydrants are. I mean, I could still tell you things from 10 years ago, my first do about where attic access is and fire alarm panels. But when you go into it, it's one thing to go, like you said, as a firefighter riding backwards, but now you're coming in that front seat responsible for everything and all that intimate knowledge you had of your district, your buildings, your equipment, your people, it's gone and you're building it on day one, but with the expectation of somebody that's been on for five, 10, 15 years. So uh, that to me was kind of the, the bigger transitional problem. And it kind of, it actually, it it really changed my outlook, I think on, on leadership and, you know, what that looks like and influence and empowerment and all those things. Because when you're put in that situation where you don't know things, you're forced to rely on other people. And it really tests the traditional boundaries that we have of leadership. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of talks into another thing as well of, um, you know, interpersonal relationships, especially when it comes to leadership of personal power versus positional power, right? So if Mark tells me, you know, and, I, and I've used this example on this show a lot before, Mark says, hey, go mop the floors. It's 10 a.m. I'm, I'm going to probably listen to Mark telling chief, chief alone, telling me, alone, telling me to um, mop the floors at 10 a.m. You know, I'm going to do it because you're, you know, you're the town chief told me to do it. Whereas, you know, we have a good um, personal relationship. We have a good interaction, uh, mutual respect, trust, um, chemistry built over time. I know Captain Alone, because he's not a chief yet, 
doesn't really do that great on the west side of the city. Hey, Captain, look at page four for this side. It's the west side. Let's look at page four. I need you to look at page four. It's going to be blah, 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 blah. And you know, all right, Mike, I appreciate that. Like, he knows that stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? But again, yeah, yeah. again but, but, you know, that, that's really the difference. And when you, have, when you have that relationship with people built on trust, and, you know, trust is trust. Trust takes time. Don't rush it. Um, when you have that personal relationship and they're listening and doing and wanting to go above and beyond for you because of the personal relations that you've built, the interpersonal relationship, and I keep repeating myself like that, but it's so important. Once you have that built with them, you know, if I'm going to go into this basement, man, I don't know if we should go in there. That's tough. But Mark says we can do it. All right. Well, I'll do that with Mark because I, I trust Mark, Mark Sharp. You know, it, obviously those thoughts will not run through my head. If you, Mark, tell me to do something and I have that relationship with you, I'm not going to question you. But I also know if I need to say something, you're going to listen to me, right? Whereas if you have Dave, the lieutenant, and Dave never shows up on time, and Dave is a slob and he sucks. Hey, man, we're going to try and push this basement. Nah, dude, it ain't looking good. This is why, boom, 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 it's not safe for us. We're not going to, we don't, no, we don't need to do that. We're, just examples wise, right? That's the big difference. I'm not going to stick my neck out, put myself in a really bad spot or a really weird position or a dangerous position beyond what I need to be. You know, I mean, obviously firefighting is an inherently dangerous job. You're going to have to just do your yeah. job, obviously. But what I'm getting at is, you know, <clears throat> I'm going to follow you if I respect you and trust you more so than somebody that I just don't have that relation. They're just a lieutenant. Like, and then I'll, I'll listen. Yeah. I mean, you're the officer. I'll listen to you. Man. So it's funny you bring up the trust thing too, because like I've almost taken a completely different stance on that based on my lateral experience. Is that you know I used to be, hey, you got to earn my trust. I got to know what you can do. Blah blah. Well, I didn't have that luxury coming in as the outsider, and and it really flipped the script as far as even how I treat when we get new people on the shift or new people in the department. Is that you have my trust until you prove otherwise, right? especially on the job, because if you're showing up and you meet the qualifications and, you know, we hired you, we saw something in you or, you know, we've been working here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to trust you in, until you give me reasons not to. And, and then when I start to do things where, you, oh, you know, you're micromanaging me or, you know, you're not treating me the same. Well, here's the examples of why I'm not. So let's fix those things. And, and I expect the same from other people, but it's, I really got down that rabbit hole, especially when we talk about cultures and fire departments and leadership and all that is just, especially with the new guys, right? These guys don't have any credibility. Well, I'm, I'm not going to outcast you. I'm not going to sit you on the side until you get an opportunity to prove yourself. Like you'll prove yourself. You're more likely to prove yourself if we actually embrace you and make you part of this family we talk about instead of outcasting you to side and, oh, well, you know, he hasn't been here for the past five or 10 years. He doesn't know how we were. Okay. Well, my job is to teach you. My job is not to to outcast you. So, why I, I wholeheartedly agree that right, like trust is earned too. But if you don't give somebody that blank uh, check of trust to begin with, how how can they earn it from you? You know, it, it's it's yeah. kind of a two way street that we forget about. Yeah, no, I, I you know I totally totally agree, and I think the the other part too is the perspective that I gave that and the example was from the followers' uh, perspective, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. If you were to ask me my belief on things as a officer, um, what I would tell you is to me, you're clearly a firefighter in the department. I know 
the academy. Well, I mean, I may not know the academy you went through, but I mean, I went through the same academy. What your version of the academy, what you got out of it, may be different than what I got out of it, but you're teaching it to work inside of our department and our system. And I'm not going to say the department's name, but you work in Smithville Fire Department, just like I work in Smithville Fire Department. So you, sh- I should know, or you should, <clears throat> I know what you should know when you come out. Now that's not always the case. You think guys come out of the academy, they're in the best shape of their lives, they're ready to go, they're freaking <laughs> studs. Here we go. <laughs> And there's a lot of guys and girls that are like that. They they hit the ground freaking running and they are get out of their way because they're here to save the world. And you just got to guide them, be that, you know, guidance for their ballistic missile and, you know, get out of their way and let them, let them rock and roll. But then there's people that aren't at all. Like there's been people, it's kind of like, well, you, did you pass the academy? Like you're here. What the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? And that's going to happen. So the, I get, the point that I'm making is rookies, I think, are really good on shifts because it can bring everybody back to center, back down to basic level skills because they have to start at the bottom Absolutely. work their way up. And then you have to juggle that whole thing as an officer of the department's minimum standards, which that's just the way it is. And, you know, any officer with the amount of time on and had their experience with rookies are, you know, your expectations and your experiences with your time on and you have a high level of expectations that may be higher than the department's minimum standards, that's fine. They're going to be tested to this, to this, the minimum standard. And it's a very interesting feeling when you say, well, I have high standards. This is everything I expect. And uh, someone that may outrank you that runs that program say, well, that's great, but that's not what they're tested on. So yeah. those are good. But you're gonna, you they can only be held accountable to the department standard, for sure. And then we start extending the the foot of we are we start extending that to people, and then wonder why we have these issues with younger guys and girls. But the point that I'm making is, and that's just my experience, uh, just my experience burping out or uh, bleeding out. But what I'm getting at is, you know, having a rookie and all that is a very very good opportunity to bring everything back to center, hit your basic skill set. However. Yes, but I think, uh, excuse me, as an officer, it gives you the opportunity to refine your skills of listening, how you talk to people, and, and, and the interaction that you can have with the rookie. Because if you come in day one and you're like, look, there's going to be a lot of things expected of you. You know, we're going to see how you work. You're going to be tested. Guys are going to break your chops. You know, you're going to have to get along with that. And, you know, if you have an issue or something, you, say, you need to say something kind of thing um i had somebody that i talked to that um didn't drink coffee so they were like well why am i being told to make coffee i don't drink it and i'm not making coffee for you i'm not here to i'm like well Mm -hmm. it's not (laughs) about the coffee so you had a guy you had a guy say you know hey man like i need you to make coffee blah 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 you know whatever it needs you need to drop a full pot you know i don't know in the morning when you come in and then i need you to do uh do it you know after dinner like a five o'clock pot. And, you know, the guy was pretty upset and he's a little bit older, um, probably mid twenties at that point, not, you know, teenager, not 18, 19 getting hired. And he's like, I don't drink it. And he's like, I'm not here to make coffee for people. Like, I'm not here to do your job, you know, do those things. I'm not a, you know, mm. wait on you hand and foot. And I'm like, well, okay. If I said, you know, this isn't the guy's name, Steven, I need you to vent that roof. And when you're done, you have to go back on the backside and do X, Y, and Z. You're outside vent today. 
or you're, you know, you're that side vent. I need you to cut that roof. When you're done cutting that roof, I need boom, 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 done. And then I leave. He's like, okay, well, that's easy. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. I'm like, well, then why is it so hard to make a pot of coffee? I said, yeah, you, you think you, maybe it wasn't about the coffee. It was about giving you a task. You read my mind, man. Like it's about giving you a task and you completing it. What? Whether you want to do it or not, or whether it helps you, applies to you, or affects you or not. I tell you to do something, I walk away, and I come back and check later on. And you can't even make a pot of coffee. Now and I expect you to do something that's to trust. Pre- right? Pre- that's the foundation of trust that people Correct. don't get anymore is that Correct. everybody thinks trust is built in the shit, you know, pushing a hallway, getting beat down. It's not. Trust is built at roll call in the morning. When I say, hey, we've got A through E objectives to accomplish today, and when I come back to you at 5 p.m. and you haven't even done A yet because, oh, well, we felt this and we felt that, okay, that's fine. But your coffee is such a, it's such a great example, man, because we do the same thing. Like I tell our new guys, like, hey, man, like, we want coffee on till noon. If you see the pot's low, make it. It doesn't mean I don't go in there and make coffee some mornings. Usually they beat me to it, right? It doesn't mean I don't do dishes, all those things. and. Sure. And something I've kind of learned moving up too is that in, until you've experienced the next level from where you are, you don't you don't know what goes into it. And you can from afar say, "Oh, well, you know, they're lazy. They could be doing this. They could be doing that." But until you've sat in that role, you don't really understand the weight of the responsibilities and the task and the expectations. And trust me, there's plenty of things that my bosses bring to me every day that I could turn around and say, "Oh, well, you know, you're." chief of, you know, blah, blah, blah. Why can't you handle that? Well, that's not my job. My job is to, to do what's asked of me. Now I may ask questions. I may say, Hey, I had this other thing going on. Is it, you know, does this a priority? Does it have to be done now? What about this? Um, but it kind of plays into like where I've been going so much lately with my own estimation of leadership, my own practice leadership, which is the followership part that nobody is talking about. And and to your point, something I've kind of had to to break down lately is just we've pushed leadership so much on people. We've told everybody, hey, you're a leader, you're a leader, you're a leader, that that's what you get out of it. What you just said, a guy who says, well, I don't drink coffee, so it's not my fucking problem. It is your problem. I just made it your problem. And And what goes along with that is this whole belief now that because we're kinder and gentler and we're more in tone with our feelings and our mental health, which are all positive steps. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes the answer is the answer. You don't, if you ask a question, you get an answer. You don't get to debate that answer until it's the answer you want to hear. There, there is a chain. There is a pecking order in our profession for a reason. Just because you don't like the answer doesn't mean it's not the answer. Yeah. But people want to play that. And and again, I'll raise my hand. I was, I've been that guy plenty of times in my career and now I kind of understand why it's not, but it's also a product of, I think the way we teach leadership now, like one, we teach it way too soon. Like it's, it's in everything, right? It's in fire one, it's in company officer, it's in, you know, there's NFA classes there. You name me a, a topic in the fire service where there is not a leadership section and, and I'll I'll go take it because I haven't found it yet. But it's proposed as an equation. It's proposed as this formula of if if Mike the leader, because not because you are a leader, but because either you want to be a leader or we're telling you you're a leader based on wherever you are, if you do A, B will happen. And and what we, we haven't gone past now is what happens when B doesn't happen? What happens like when you said when C happens and you're faced with this guy that's like, no, I'm not doing it. 
And now you've transcended formal authority. You've transcended into what we talk about all the time, which is influence and people skills. And just, it's so, it's just so watered down and overly complicated, man. Like everybody has a job to do. Just do your freaking job, right? And your job, the the lower you are on the ladder, the the more your job is what somebody else tells you it is. And, and if you can't understand that, you'll never make it to be to the to above that because you won't have the experience and understanding and the skills to do it well i think a lot of it are guidelines because the one thing that you're never ever and i and i think i've talked about this probably a thousand times in the last 40 podcasts is (laughs) books experiences all these things are great but none of it matters without your execution your execution comes from your experience Right. You, you know, trying to execute an ideology, trying to execute skill sets are all well and good. But if you don't execute them correctly, it's not going to work. Right. If you come in and you want to gain followers, but your leadership sucks because if you're, you're a jerk, it's not going to happen. If you want to try to be execute your skill set as a leader and you're afraid of people and you're afraid of conflict and you're worried about people liking you and you're upset if people don't like you. It's not going to work, you know, and, and that's the biggest thing is they tell you this works, this works, this works, that works, that works, all that stuff. And that's great. But that's all the author's opinion of their experiences, but their experiences are not yours. They don't know what it's like to go work with Bill, Dave, Ted and Rick. And then you start adding in the factor of your home life with their home life, their experience with your experience, their fire department knowledge, your fire, like it all, all these factors wrapped all together is what in my opinion, in my experience, again, this is my experience, contributes to the execution of your leadership. Well, um, and then there's all these other things that people don't talk about. Like, what are the individuals like on your shift that are part of um, the large, effect, the large, pic- the big picture of your leadership success? Do you have guys that are on board? Do you have people on board, but then there's one guy that's not, but that one guy that's not has the ability and the time to critique absolutely everything you say and do, yet they're never there in the moment to make the decisions. They've never been in the moment to make their own decisions, and they could be in your exact shoes and shit the bed worse than you, but you'll never know because they're not a formal leader or an officer, but they always have the ability to critique absolutely everything you do, sit back, say nothing, do nothing, don't help, but then they always have something to say and people listen to them. You know what I'm saying? So you can have a lot of that as well. What's, what's the common denominator with great teams, right? And and it doesn't matter if you're talking about sports, you're talking about military, you're talking about fire service, police, doesn't matter. You'll you'll hear the same theme all the time from, you know, these quote unquote great leaders. And it's, it's my people. And, and I, I guarantee you, man, if, if you have, if your crew is squared away and, and you have leadership approach a, and I come in and I take over your same crew with leadership approach B, those if they're squared away, they're going to be squared away no matter who's, who's at the helm. Like how many people yeah. have, have risen to the occasion despite a crappy manager? And I'm not even going to call them leader because that's another thing we mistake all the time. We call everybody that's got a rank a leader. That's not a prerequisite. They're a manager. Let's just be clear. But we dis, we do a disservice to all the followers and all the people that come in. They do what you ask them to do. They do their job. They do it well. They they question you when it needs to be questioned because it's a matter of safety or perspective or I saw this. I need to know that you saw it too. And then if you tell me to do it anyway, I'm still going to do it. But we don't 
we don't spend enough time on teaching people how to be led. We don't teach, we've shamed followership to the point where if you're a follower, you're a piece of crap. And at the same time, we've put, you know, 10 people on the field that all think they're in charge and all they do is butt heads all day and worry about whose responsibility is this and whose responsibility is that and nothing right. gets done. And, and now you've got the few people doing it, carrying the burden of the entire agency on their back until they get broken they're, they're burnt out. And then you get kind of what you alluded to when you first asked me about my lateral thing, right? We have our own transfer portal going on right now in the fire service. And that's usually what puts people in it. They're just, they're just so sick and tired of doing what they're asked to do, but also doing what John was asked to do and Bill was asking to do and Bob was asked to do because they think that they're the leader and they don't have to. And the, and the few, few people that are left that are actually there for the team, for the mission, for the people, all these wonderful things we say when we want to get promoted or right, or we want an award, these guys are doing it day in and day out and they get shit on for it. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah you know, and they, and it's so funny because when you have organizations or departments that are really swirling the drain of being really bad, what I've always noticed exactly kind of to your point is there's the disconnect between management and that lowest level. So what I mean by that is if you look at the fire service in its most organic form, the bare bones, basic, basic level, not lowest level, basic level, it will be an engine company and an ambulance, transport ambulance, ambulance, not medic unit, transport ambulance with firefighters. And it's to transport sick people and pull hand lines, put out fires, everything else, everyone else are just support of that basic function, right? So in suppression, a guy is pulling a line of sufficient length and GPM to put out a fire. Everything else, company officers, ladder trucks, rescue squads, um, secondary lines, you know, all the other hand lines, everything is pure support. And all that support is like an upside down triangle, right? Just like a food pyramid. Actually, no, is a food pyramid the other way around? Either way. Put all the sugary shit at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Don't don't eat the bad stuff. Right? <laughs> the bad stuff's the best stuff. But anyway, everything is a funnel into the function of that handle. Everything, including officers. Here's the point. In my opinion, my experience, my knowledge, when you don't have that connection from the top level to the lowest level, you're going to turn to shit quite frankly. And I think you do need to have that upper level. You need to understand what it's like to be at that executive level. And I, and I get all that. However, if your entire mission is to support that basic function, why not be connected with it in some way? Now, I'm not saying, you know, the chief of a department with a thousand people should come into the firehouse and say, Hey, Ted, I don't know what to do with this situation. What do you think? No. However, Hey, chief of operations, do some station visits, talk to some of the people, let me know what you find out and see if there's anything we can immediately fix now. Whatever that's, whatever those things are. Oh, hey, everybody says, I don't know. This is just for conversation. Everybody says, hey, we want to wear um, gray hoodies because it's going to help us not look like the police. Okay, well, I can write a memo on that. Boom, everyone can have gray hoodies, wear whatever you want. Does it fix a lot? Does it fix a lot of things? No, but you're going to show them that you care. They're present. You're listening. That goes a very long way too. Or they could say something to the effect of, you know, 
high rise fires. Why do we run all this and do all this crap? Why can't we do this, this, and this? It'll be simpler, easier. We still hit all our benchmarks. We still hit all of everything we need to do. NFPA standards, if you want to throw it in there. Can we work on changing this policy? Here's a formal write-up. Here's the formal um, following our department's orders for changing a policy. Bam, here you go. Hey, deputy chief, you don't need to come to me with this. You can handle this on your level. You can approve it and just tell me about it so I know I'll sign off and we're good. When you start doing those things, affecting change in what you can, and you keep that connection, I think you're going to be much more successful. And that's a top-down version. Now, a bottom-up version is going to be in support of those things. You're not going to shit on your lieutenant. You know, hey, pull him aside. Hey, dummy, blah, 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 blah. You know, this, this, and that, or whatever your problem is you need to fix. Um, you know, because I, I think when you start having people up top, ignoring the guys on the bottom and the guys on the bottom being pissed off, now they're going to shit on everyone above them. That just adds, creates a calamity of just stupidity. And no one gets anywhere. Everybody spins their mud. There spins their wheels in the mud, tires in the mud. And, and, and you don't get anything out of it. Well, and what people don't understand, man, is that like part of the fire department is understanding that there's different layers of leadership within, within the organization. And our job is not to come in and be a leader every day, every minute, every task. Our job is to float between being a good follower and then rising to the occasion of leadership when we're called upon to do so. And as a backseat firefighter, I may give you a project because I'm trying to empower you, because I'm trying to delegate, I'm trying to teach you. I may take a, a step back and say, hey, Mike, um, you used to build houses and I didn't. So today we're training on building construction. I'd like you to lead the training because I want to tap into your knowledge and I think it's beneficial for me on the crew. That doesn't mean I'm not a leader as the company officer or the, or the chief or whatever. It means I'm in touch with my strengths and my weaknesses, the same of my crew. and. I know when, when I need to float backwards and, and when I need to float upwards. And I'm also, I'm being a leader by being a follower, which is something that will just blow everybody's mind. Oh, we can't have all those things kind of exist at the same time. And, and, and the same is true with the example you gave. You start talking about, you know, the higher level chiefs and the people that, you know, I'm not even calling them leadership positions anymore. I'm calling them positions of authority because that's what they really are. These people have a position of authority. If they choose to lead from that position, that is up to them. Um, but we dog management, we dog supervision, you know, by the concept, but man, we need good managers at the top. We need good supervisors because somebody has to make sure that we're operating, you know, within the confines of our mission. Somebody has to make sure that the, the boxes are getting checked. I mean, I don't like checking boxes, but sometimes they got to get checked. We need supervisors to make sure that, hey, are the rules being followed? And if not, is it because our people are, you know, that bad they don't get it? Or is it because our rules maybe don't support the things we think they do and we have to take a look back at them. So it's just, we put these blanket statements down about all these topics and, and we don't realize that at the end of the day, and, and you know, I'll say it again, it comes back to being a doer. What is your job description with that fire department? What do we, you know, what do we ask of you when you come in? I don't care if you're a volunteer, you know, if you're a volunteer and you got voted in as the chief, your responsibility is to be the chief. You know, same yeah. as if, you know, I pay you to be a, a, a lieutenant or a captain. You have a range of responsibilities that are in your job description. Why don't we just start with those? Start with, start with your house. And, and I say that as the guy that worried about everybody else but himself for far too long in my career. I didn't come to these um, conclusions because I'm some savant and I'm super intelligent. I'm, I'm far from it. I came to these conclusions because I have failed so much at so many things throughout my career 
that one day it just hit me. If, if I just do what the hell I'm supposed to do, it will empower other people to do that. And nobody's paying me to be a leader. In fact, I would, I would argue quite the opposite. They're paying me to be a good soldier. They're paying me to be a good follower most of the time. And, and I, I go back to two, the essence of leadership actually clashes with that very concept, right? Because leadership's about doing what's right all the time, but, but what's right is very subjective in nature. What I think is right might be different from what you think is right. And we, and we go down all these things. And this is where we need that can command and control element. But the issue is we apply that in the firehouse more than we do the fire ground these days. And that's, I, I think we've got it twisted. I really do. Yeah. And, you know, I think leadership is also, and somebody said this and I'm going to screw this quote up. So feel free to pepper me with criticism. I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, leadership is getting a group of people to accomplish a goal, to come together and accomplish a goal. It may not be their goal. It may not be their goal. And, you know, they may not want to do it, but they're going to do it. Um, Or is to get them to come together and do it. So the other thing too, is it all... Everything comes down to followership, right? If you have a strong exper- a strong base of being a good follower, I think it's going to set you up to be a much much better leader because again, what you said before of, you know, if you're sharp at following, you're going to know when it's your turn to lead, you're going to know when to step back and let somebody go or let somebody lead. You know, I mean, I, I know as an officer, there's people that are much much smarter than me in a lot of things. But, you know, just because they're smarter than me, just because they know more than me, just because I know they have more experience than me, doesn't mean I'm not going to stop them and say, no, we're not doing it that way this time. We're doing it this way this time, you know, or the biggest thing is, you know, in in my experience is making decisions, right? Well, if you spend time being a good follower and paying attention to good officers and bad officers, good bad officers can teach you a lot too. If you spend time watching them make decisions and you watch them, how they carry themselves and you learn and learn and learn, you're going to have that foundation to tap into. So you could have Dave, the fireman, who's super duper sharp in the first two area. And he'll say, Mike, we need to do X, Y, and Z. And you're looking at a map book or you have a plan because of what you see that that person back there can't see, but you can see it. You have the confidence and experience to go, Hey, we're not doing that. We have to do, this is what we're doing and boom, done. And then afterwards, Hey man, appreciate the direction for the area and what you said to do, but I couldn't do it because I saw X, Y, and Z. But going back to that guy who threw that idea up there and telling him, Hey, thank you. You know, I appreciate it. I just, I just want you to know where my mind is going. I don't want you to think I didn't listen to you or hear you. Or, you know, I don't, I don't want you to think I was shitting on your idea, but this is why. I'm telling you right now, that is a fantastic feeling if you're in that guy's shoes that's in the back that tried to tell your officer what to do and he said no to you because he had a different plan from what he saw that you didn't. But he took the time to come back, acknowledge you, say to you, thank you, but here's why. You took the time to listen to what I had to say. You made your own decision because you're an officer. It's kind of nice, I think, when, you know, when I was a firefighter and I had that happen. And I've had that happen as an officer where somebody will say, you know, hey, man, boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, all right, we're not doing that. We're doing this. And they didn't see something that I saw. But I circled back and said, hey, dude, you know, look, I appreciate it. I just don't want you to think I ignored you, but this is why I didn't do what you said. And, and you know, ultimately they saw the goal. They saw how it worked out. And, you know, it was, it was fine. And that builds trust. That builds respect. Yeah that builds the, 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 the commonality or the not commonality, the, um, 
personal relationship, the interpersonal relationship, relationship to build that personal power versus positional power situation where they're going to want to listen to you now because they're starting to respect you. Um, and I, I was a little long-winded on that part. I, I apologize. But ultimately what, I, what I'm getting at is to be a better leader, you need to be a better follower because you can't lead without being able to be a follower, in my opinion, especially yeah. at the company level officer riding fire truck. You, you, you can't just sit there and bow down all the time. You, you know what I mean? But you best damn well believe, you know, you're going to have to listen to some of these guys. You know, you go on a call, you're on a fire. It's a dictatorship. It's not, it's absolutely not a democracy. But if somebody is going to stop you to say, hey, you want to go through the first floor? I, I think we need to go to the basement. Maybe take a second and look. You, you know what I mean? Well, and, and- it, it brings me back to, to like, I think sometimes we falsely think we're owed something. We falsely think we're owed an explanation by the leadership and or the management or however you want to look at it. I can agree to that. And, and a lot of the time too, we're also, it's really easy to dog somebody when you're not, I don't want to say burden, when you're not charged with the responsibility they have. So for example, if you're the fire chief and I think that our fire department is going in some crazy, horrible direction. It's really easy for me to sit outside in the bay and dog you out to anybody that'll listen. But I guarantee you, if you come up to me and say, okay, Mark, you're fire chief for the day. What's your first move? You're going to get a lot of, uh, 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 you know, because I hadn't thought there very well may be something you're doing that could be done better. But if, if none of us have gone to the solution part of that problem, then we don't have any room to talk. The flip side of that is somewhere along the line, we stopped being on the same team. Everybody in the fire department is being pitted against each other for whatever reason. Now, I don't, I don't know why, but part of me thinks it's society. Part of me thinks it's just kind of this weird side effect of social media, but we don't look for people to be right anymore. We, we look for everything that we are doing wrong and we just jump on it as fast as we can you know, Dog nobody's going to pull the rookie aside and say, hey, man, you did a great job. Thanks for doing the chores this morning without being asked. Like, I got stuck on this conference call and then so-and-so sent me an email I had to take care of. Like, I know that I'm supposed to be out here with you, but, you know, thank you. Nobody says that. No. They'll just say, oh, that's his job. But then the minute that they, you know, they they were late 30 seconds to get on the truck because they were in, in another room, we're going to dog them for it. Dogpile them, yeah. And it's so crazy to me, man. Like, and I just... I don't, I don't, I, I wish I had an answer how to fix it, right? I'm kind of a hypocrite. But I just said, don't talk about the problem unless you have a solution. Well, my, again, my solution goes back to just do your freaking job. Stop yeah. worrying about what everybody else is doing. I also wish on the career side, I wish we would incentivize staying a firefighter if that's what you desire. Because, you know, kind of to your point earlier, you know, if we go to a fireman, like, we've seen time and time again from, again, military, sports, you name it, any team event the best player is not always the best coach. Now there are probably a lot of people you've come across in your career where you want to pull the pin on that firefighting grenade and toss them in. And they will, man, they will put that fire out 17 different ways before you could come up with one. You put them in front of a budget, you put them in front of making a roster for the day and they don't have a clue. You put and them in so front why of two do guys, we, 
two guys fighting each other, put them in front of two guys fighting each other or all the yeah. uh, hostile work environment, sexual harassment, citizen complaint, anything, citizen a news camera, you, know, you get Ricky Bobby with the hands, but yeah. So why do we not incentivize somebody who's good at the job? Why do we make people choose between if you want your, your standard of living or the ability to get married or have kids or not work 17 jobs for the rest of your life? You know, why don't we, and, and again, I'm not saying that, you know, you should do 30 years as a firefighter in a back seat and make more than the fire chief. But quite frankly, I, I have no, it's kind of like the military. I have no issue with a 15 year firefighter making more money than a first year lieutenant. If that lieutenant's only got five or 10 years on the job, I got no problem with it because they've there, there is no, this is another part of going back to the, the transfer portal and the lateral thing. Everybody talks about loyalty within these organizations, right? Nobody has loyalty. Nobody stays with a department right. anymore. The organization has to have loyalty to the employee as well. There has to be some incentive for yeah. staying with the department, for developing within, for choosing to stay there. And unfortunately, we're we're just going after the new blood now. It's like it's like Verizon, right? Oh, we thank you for being a customer for 15 years, but also your your bill is going to go up by $50. But if you cancel your service and come back in three months, we'll give you two years at for free and free phones. And, and, and we really do the same thing. And that's, yeah. you know, that's just another peel in the onion of, of leadership too, is, you know, everybody talks about informal leadership and blah. Well, you don't, you don't let people be informal leaders anymore. And, and I fully believe what has changed the most in my short time doing this job is that. We've lost the ability for somebody that's your peer with a lot more time doing this to drag you out back, put you in a headlock and tell you you're messing up. You know, we've, we've also kind of handcuffed our, our formal leadership or our managers and our supervisors because we can't say anything that's negative anymore. If I tell you that you messed up the stretch, they're going to say it's my fault. I, I didn't teach you how to do the stretch right. Maybe you just suck. Maybe, maybe you've never been able to stretch right. And somehow because me as your company officer, because I can't get through to you, or maybe you nobody can get through to you. You just don't have the skill set. Somehow that's my fault. So it's, it's never a reflection of the individual anymore. It's always somebody else's fault until you get to the top and who takes, unfortunately to die for most times, the company officers and the chief officers, they're, they're sitting on these grenades because you can't be negative anymore. When's the last time you saw somebody get a bad evaluation? You know, even though they sucked and what's it tied to money. So here we go again, right? You want to talk about getting paid for responsibility and paid for loyalty and all that. Well, you know, if I never give you a bad evaluation, if I never give you a true honest assessment because you can't handle it because now it's going to be, Oh, Mark's a jerk. He doesn't like me. It's not that I don't like you, man. It's just, this is where you're at. This and, your original point, right? This is our standard. I don't care how low the standard is. I really don't care. I, I will always shoot for people that, Hey, if we have a standard that we can, you know, rise above, I'm fine with that, but there's a bottom somewhere. How come nobody ever meets it? You hear all the time. I hear this from people across the country. Oh, well, we have all these people that suck, but we can't get rid of them because there's no paper trail. Why are we not making that paper trail? I, I just, yeah. you know, it all goes together, man. I'm, I don't know. I went off like 17 tangents. So if you can figure yeah, out how yeah. to loop that up like shoelaces and bring it back. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it ultimately, but again, you know, you talked about upper management and then, you know, I'm not going to name any departments, but you know, if you have a huge disconnect between management and people in the field, when you don't, when you're not transparent and communicate with people, they're going to make up their own reality. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're understaffed. We need, I don't know, everybody needs four on the fire truck and we only have 
three. But you get new cars as a chief, or you, you're doing all this other stuff that has nothing to do with operations. But there may be a reason, budgetary. You know, yeah, uh, I'm the chief and I got a new car this year. My car was eight years old. It was due for replacement. It was bought on a bid. It came it's through a different budget. FEMA. It's not our budget to hire from. Our budget to hire from is X, Y, and Z. Here's the numbers. It's much different than me seeing you with a hundred thousand dollar Tahoe. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, but also but I know that. What's that? Uh, I was gonna say, but also though, when you talk about staffing, what are you telling potential? candidates what are you telling people from other departments what are you putting on social media about how shitty we are and how nobody cares and but you're the one hurting the department it's not a budget issue half the time sure so yeah so exactly but if there's if there's a, maybe that wasn't a good example but it, you understand what i'm saying if if i don't know the reason for something or you're not out routinely and continuously communicating in some way of what's going on where we're at all those things people are going to be left to their own demise and make up oh, their own one thousand percent like, you know what I'm saying? And, and to me, transparency does a huge dis or does not being transparent does a huge disservice to your leadership. Now, oh, I agree. You can be over transparent. There's some stuff that guys don't need. The guys at firefight, the firefighter level don't need to know. That's an officer level thing. You know, where mm -hmm. I work, there's four officers. There's a captain and three lieutenants. And to me, there should be a level of stuff that the captain doesn't tell the firefighters. It just comes to the officers and lets us disseminate as we see need, as we see fit or, or whatever. Or if there's stuff at the officer level that doesn't really need to be at the firefighter level, we keep it at the officer level. That's the way it needs to be, in my opinion. Nope. Being too transparent can be damaging as well. The biggest thing, though, that I wanted to talk about, and we're kind of, we're kind of at that, I think we're kind of at a good point to wrap up, and this is kind of the last thing I wanted to get into a little bit, though, was... Everything you've talked about for the last 53 minutes and two seconds um, <laughs> has talked about a lot of uh, informal leadership stuff. But what is informal leadership built off of? Followership. You can't harvest or not harvest. You can't build an environment or foster an environment of informal leaders if you don't teach people how to follow. Because, because informal leaders are followed by formal leaders. But if you don't know how to follow as a leader, how can you foster your informal leadership? And, and, that, and that's where I sum it up, man, in that I, I don't, I'm so turned off. I know it's kind of ironic, right? but I'm on a leadership podcast, right? But I, am, I have never been more turned off by the term leadership than probably in the past one to two years because it's just so watered down and that I I'm just summing up with this. I just want doers in my department. I want yeah. people who want to get shit done. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't need you to be in it for the accolade. I don't need you to be in it for the position or the authority or the control. I just need people no different than the fire ground. You know, you can give me 20 companies of people that are going to stand around the yard. Or you give me one company of go-getters that I'm going to tell you to go do it. And as long as it doesn't seem like it's going to kill me right now, we're going to go get it done. But we need that in everything from cleaning the bathrooms to servicing the rigs to getting our training done to running the calls. Like that's all we need because if everybody is doing something and doing their part, there is no more finger pointing. I don't, I don't need somebody to lead me if I'm just doing now I need a leader somewhere in that organization to decide what needs to be done. That's where leadership comes in. And that's to your point earlier. That's where 
you know, if, if I'm telling the fire chief, hey, A, B, and C are not working, sir, and here is why, and here are the proposed things that we, we want to do, maybe I'm the leader in that situation. And if he's a good manager, may, maybe we'll take some under, under consideration or what you, just, what you just said, which we always forget about, is that that manager, supervisor, leader, authoritarian, whatever you want to call it, might come back and say, Mark, I hear you. But here's what you didn't know before now. Boom, 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 boom. And all of a sudden it makes sense. And this is where I think we said in the beginning, we'll circle back around to it. Everybody wants to know. That's firefighters want to know everything. They want to know what this what the city manager was doing. They want to know what the mayor said. But the answer has to be the answer. And so it's not that we want to know. It's that we want to know so we could try to spin it to be what we want to hear. And until we let go of that, because again, if I get a new Tahoe as the fire chief, maybe maybe we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll just err on the side of caution, right? Maybe it's bullshit. Maybe I move some money from turnout gear to get me a new Tahoe because I'm special and I think I'm the king. And those guys are out there. They really are. They're, they are there. Yeah, they are out but there. But does that impact my ability to pull a crosslay, to throw a ground ladder, to respond within 60 to 90 seconds? Not a thing. Nope. Some of the greatest firefighters i know are in departments that have or had nothing their equipment's always broke down their gears burn up they don't have nice boots they got like one t-shirt that they wear for you know they wash it throughout the shift but guess what they're firefighters and yeah. and a lot of the time honestly and i i'm not calling anybody i'm not trying to make it a negative thing to get your guys nice stuff but some of the places with the most pristine rigs and the nicest things and everything we want suck absolutely they suck Absolutely. And so that's where I say, worry about your circle, right? What, what, what can I impact? And I'm not telling you not to kind of bleed out of that circle from time to time and try to, I think everybody should be interested in impacting the, the bigger picture, but you do that by doing the things you're charged with first, learning from those things. And then you learn what the big picture is. And that's how you learn how to paint it. You don't just start throwing damn brushes at the wall. We're not abstract artists like we think we are. Sure. And, you know, I mean, you, you brought some fucking slam dunk points. I think it's just like anything else, man. You cannot, you cannot control how the situ the situations that are presented to you. You can't control how people treat you. You can't control what's dropped in your lap on a day-to-day basis in a shift. What you can control is how you react to it. What you can control is what you do about it. So, you know, yeah, in, in a metropolitan department in the Washington, D.C. area that I may be familiar with, that does not have a name. Um, rough around the edges, but what makes it great and why I still truly love it to this day is because we have great people, right? The great yep. people will always step up. The great people, there may be pockets of people. They may be large areas of people. Large groups of people, excuse me. Whatever it is, it all comes down to the individual. And that's why, you know, the whole, there's this, always this joke, and I saw it on um, Generation Kill. They were talking about they didn't have shit, right? Like, I think one of their guns was jammed, uh, a grenade launcher was jammed, and they have some kind of terrible um, lubrication fluid for the, for the gun. And he says, man, what the hell do I do? He's like, I, I can't use this. It's going to keep jamming. And he says, you know, you go to, ar- if you're in the Army, you, the world is endless or however he said it he goes you know but the marines we just make do 
And those small pockets of guys in those small platoons are the happiest in the world because they're in the middle of doing everything they're taught to do. You know, you prepare to go to war, you go to war and you're, you know, you can't complain when you get shot at. Right. And they're there because they want to be there. Firefighting. I'm not saying the firefighting is like the military. All I'm saying is when you have a group of guys that all want to be there, do the right thing. They want to go to fires. They're going to thrive. They will. And all because, as you said, they're the doers. That's it. It's really that simple. If you want to go to fires, you're going to make it freaking work, right? You're going to figure out how to make that shitty piece of apparatus work. You're going to make, figure out how to make that shitty hose line work. Oh, the 400 gets stuck on this bolt. What are we going to do to fix about it? Hey, why don't we just take this grinder and cut it off and not have that problem? Done. Make or we can work. complain about it because the, the can best way to get paid. Yeah, th- this bumper line is a piece of shit and I hate pulling it. It's stupid and annoying. Well, instead of pulling the bumper line for trash, why don't we just break the 200 right there and just use that and make it easy? Doers are going to do it. It's that simple. It's yeah. that simple. It really and is. That's, you can either that's how you get all the things that you need. You, you have yeah. to make do at some point because you have to, that's how you build the respect and the trust and the reputation of, man, these guys are dedicated. They're going to get it done. And now, now it's my job as a leader, wherever in the organization, to support those people. And that's how we stop spending all of our time on the wrong people. And, you know, the other thing that I've kind of noticed and I've experienced in a certain department um, <clears throat> is it's really cool when you know you have shit, but you still make it work. And you take pride in, you know, yeah, we have this shitty piece of apparatus, but it's our shitty piece of apparatus. Or, you know, we have this shitty situation. But we all have this shitty situation. You know what? Fuck them. We're going to knock it out. We're going to do it. We're going to get it done. And then, yeah, hey, deck, deck, deck is stacked against us, and we still freaking crushed it, and boom. And we crushed it because we're here, and we're here together, and we did this together as a crew. And you want to talk about a way to really unite someone or really unite mm-hmm. a group of people? Stack the deck against them and let them be successful and fucking kill it and watch how tight they get and, time and if after you need time a- after time. If you need a different perspective, consider this. If your primary stuff is that bad, you better take care of it. Because what's coming down the reserve pipe is going to be a bigger disaster. <laughs> yeah, this thing sucks, but I don't want that. Anything to not be in that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Same with personnel, right. right? Like, oh, this might man. be our worst dude, but he's still better than the other dude they're yeah. going to bring in here. So let's support him a little bit. Yeah, better than yeah, yeah. This guy's not, you know, this guy kind of stinks, but he listens to us and he's gonna yep. learn. He'll be fine. I don't want that moron over there that just sucks. This guy just doesn't know any better. We could teach him, but that That's guy right. over there, he knows he's an asshole or he sucks at it or he doesn't give a shit or whatever it is. I mean, it could be anything. So for sure, Mark. Thanks, man. This is this has been really tight. Uh, really good. I mean, this has been a, good, a really really good conversation. Um, you know, time is everything to me and or in general a time is everything and i can't thank you enough for your time thank you so much um thanks for having me is there anything else anything else you wanted to touch on or i think we hit everything no man it's like i said great conversation just encourage everybody stop stop worrying about you know who's doing what just do it man what needs to be done needs to be done get after it yep and if you worry about yourself fix yourself do things from yourself from your point of view and do your job everything else will fall into place too, because now and everybody's trying to cover you as well. So Absolutely. there's that. Um, do you have, you have social media or anything people can kind of reach out to you? Yeah, I do just the fire inside. I think it's the fire inside page on Facebook and at the fire inside page on Instagram, which we talked about earlier. I don't 
I don't get Instagram. I don't understand it, but I try to post on it anyway. So that's, that's the best way. All right. We'll add, uh, we'll add links and everything to the episode description, um, <clears throat> beneath for the episode. And, uh, you know, again, like I said, Mark, thanks. Don't go in real quick while I close this out. Guys, thanks again for coming back to the Tip of Spear Leadership Podcast. Um, you know, this page and this podcast has been rapidly growing by the day, and, and it's all because of you guys, the listeners. Um, you know, thank you so much. I get all the I get all the DMs, I get all the comments, I get all I get everything. So if I haven't gotten back to you, I haven't responded to you, it's not because I don't want to. Um, I'm gonna get to all of them. I do my best to read everything. Thank you all. You guys enjoy your day. More episodes coming. And uh, tip of spear leadership. Be present yourself. Be unstoppable. Thank you guys, and we'll see you in the coming episodes.